Sometimes, when we come to church on Remembrance Sunday, we think it's just about events that happened a long, long time ago. Of situations that seem alien to our experiences. Of anonymous names and figures. We've already seen some images of some of the people associated with this congregation who have seen service in wars. And I would like to introduce you to some other people this morning. These are all people who have been part of this congregation over the last hundred years. They all have stories to tell. Some of you will remember some of the, the names and the people. Indeed, two of the people are with us here this morning. This is John Alexander Sinton, who was educated at Belfast Inst and then studied medicine at Queen's and the School of Tropical Medicine in Liverpool. In 1911, he received a commission in the Indian Medical Service and went abroad. At the start of the war, the Great War, he was posted to a frontline medical unit serving in Mesopotamia, what we now call Iraq. Having already been commended for bravery on three separate occasions, in 1916, John Sinton was awarded the Victoria Cross. This graphic picture shows Sinton treating the wounded on the battlefield, and the citation for his VC reads, A low shot through both arms and through the side, he refused to go to the hospital and remained as long as daylight lasted, attending to his duties under heavy fire. After the war, Sinton served in Waziristan on what was then the Indian-Afghan border. It is inter interesting to note that in October of this year, 2009, the Pakistan military authorities launched a campaign against the Taliban in South Waziristan. Sinton resumed his civilian medical career in India and became an authority on malaria. He returned to military service in the Second World War and ended with the rank of brigadier. In 1946, he was elected as a fellow of the Royal Society. He was the first and probably the only man ever to be entitled to have the letters FRS and VC after his name. He died in 1956. This is George Dixon McFadden, who was one of nine children born to the Presbyterian minister of Bodoni Presbyterian Church in County Tyrone. He too was educated at Belfast Inst and studied medicine at Queen's. But he interrupted his studies in 1916 to become a probationary surgeon with the Royal Navy. While serving on HMS Archer in the North Sea, he was swept overboard one stormy night. Fortunately, the next wave carried him back towards the ship, and he was able to grab hold of the rail and haul himself back on board the ship. He described it as a life-changing experience. McFadden survived the war, completed his medical studies, and pioneered corrective hair lip and cleft palate surgery for children. He became the senior surgeon at both the Belfast City Hospital and the Ulster Hospital for Children and Women. He was president of the Ulster Medical Society in 1956. 
He was an elder in this church, and he died in England in 1981. David and Jane Whiteman, they lived in a street just behind the church in Fitzroy Avenue. They had five sons who served in the Great War. Bryce Miller Whiteman served with the Royal Army Medical Corps and survived the war. He was awarded the Croix de Guerre, if I pronounced that correctly, by the French authorities. His brother Herbert Whiteman served with the Royal Irish Rifles. He was killed by a sniper bullet whilst on sentry duty on the 23rd of November, 1915. He was only 19 years old. The names of both these men appear on the War Memorial of the 9th BB Old Boys Association, which has recently been installed in the vestibule of this church after languishing for many years. Their three brothers, George Frederick, David Alexander, and William, also survived the war, although David and William were both listed as wounded, and that means they spent time in a military hospital, not just a, a nick on the arm. John and Anna Patton of Wellington Park had three sons who served in the Great War. John Patton was a senior banking official, and he was an elder in this church. They lived next door to the family of the Reverend William Cahoon, who was, of course, the minister of this church at that time. The Patton sons and the Cahoon sons were friends. They went to the same school, Inst, of course. This is coming from somebody who went to Methody. Indeed, um, Alexander Dunpatton and the Reverend Cahoon's son, William, joined the Officer Training Corps at Queen's on the same day. All three Patton brothers survived the war, but I would like to focus on one of them. John Henry Alexander Patton had, study, had studied engineering at Queen's. He received his commission in the Royal Irish Rifles in August 1914, and he was involved in the Battle of the Somme. Sixty years after that battle, he returned to France to visit the, the, um, the battlefield, and he told of his memories to the Fitzroy Courier. Um, we're going to see up on the screen his actual words of what he experienced on that day. And I'd like to just take it a few seconds to let you read his own words. Seven out of every ten men in his battalion died on the 1st of July. <clears throat> a battalion contains about 600 men. Do the mathematics for yourselves. John Henry Alexander Patton was awarded the Military Cross twice, and he became a civil engineer with the Belfast Harbour Commission after the war. He served on the Fitzroy Avenue Church Committee from 1921 and became a member of the Kirk Session in 1932, a position he was to hold for over 30 years. He lived in the family home in Wellington Park all his life, 
and he died there in 1969. As tensions grew in the 1930s, a 17-year-old John Mills joined the Royal Air Force in December 1938. He would see active service both as air crew and ground crew in various theatres of the Second World War. In September 1939, a four-year-old Rosemary Nelson was at home with her mother whilst the rest of the family was at Broomhead's Methodist Church where her father was a lay preacher. <coughs> Pardon me. She recalls this announcement on the wireless. I am speaking to you from the cabinet room, 10 Downing Street. This country is at war with Germany. When her father and the rest of the family returned home from church, her mother uttered three words. It has happened. Rosemary's parents had lived through the, the Great War. Indeed, three of her uncles and an aunt had served in that conflict. So you can imagine the feelings that went through the adults in that family at that time when they thought it was all going to happen again. In 1940, <coughs> John Mills volunteered to serve with the British Expeditionary Force in France. He did so against the advice of his father, who had served there in the Great War, but never talked about his experiences. John recalls his unit abandoning their camp. They were not even allowed time to collect personal effects or spare clothing. His unit, unit headed for Dunkirk, where the evacuation was taking place, but were soon diverted to Cherbourg. The train in which he was travelling was dive-bombed by Stukas. When they arrived in Cherbourg, the town was aflame, and they headed on to Saint-Nazaire. They arrived too late to embark on the troop ship Lancastria. While still in the harbour, the Lancastria was hit by bombs dropped by German aircraft. The official announcement was delayed by six weeks by the British government, and it set the fatalities at 5,300 people, with 2,500 people being rescued from the sea. Some authorities placed the loss of life at over 6,000 people on one ship. If John Mills had arrived 24 hours earlier, he would have been on that ship. In 1941, the war came to Belfast, and some of you here will remember that. Jack McWhirter was an air raid protection volunteer at the Short Brothers Aircraft Factory, where he worked as a riveter. He recalls the barrage balloons in Ormo Park, and he remembers people leaving their homes and walking up the Ormo Road to the open countryside to evade the bombing. Meanwhile, on Laganview Farm, Rosemary recalls that her father lifted her up to a window from which she could see the flames of the burning city in the distance. This was a worrying time for the family, as Rosemary recalls. In 1941, 
when there was the sustained bombing in Belfast. My elder brother, Eric, was a young minister in Newtonards Road Methodist Church. The church was destroyed in the bombing, and uh, we at home did not know whether he was safe or not. At the same time, my sister was uh, nursing in the fever hospital at Purtysburn, and again, we did not know whether she was safe or not until they were able to get home several days later. I'm sure you'll agree that that is a very moving recording. Whilst he was in a reserved occupation, Rosemary's father did play his part in the war. He went out on patrol several times a week, and outhouses on the family farm were converted to accommodate evacuees from Belfast. Rosemary made friends with the evacuee children, from whom she learned some new words, words which earned her a telling off from her father. He was a lay preacher, after all. In 1941, a young Belfast doctor called Ian Fraser, who had already been awarded the MBA for his work with the St. John's Ambulance Brigade, was posted to the Gold Coast in Africa. For those of you who don't remember, the Gold Coast is now called Ghana. He became Colonel Consulting Surgeon for the West Africa Command, a very senior position. But he was prepared to take a demotion in rank because he wanted to serve in the frontline medical unit. Whilst on home leave in 1942, the War Office instructed Fraser to report to Professor Howard Florey at Oxford. He was to learn about a new drug, penicillin, and was soon to become an authority on its use in the treatment of battle wounds. Ian Fraser served in the North Africa campaign, and he performed frontline surgery during the Sicily and Salerno landings. He was awarded the Distinguished Service Order for his actions, and the citation reads, By his gallant, fearless, and devoted action, Regardless of personal risk and safety, this officer, a brilliant and experienced surgeon, not only set an inspiring example of coolness under fire, but by employing a new technique in forward surgery, has established a new and most valuable wound treatment. Ian Fraser also took part in the Normandy landings, as did John Mills, who still has the letter signed by Eisenhower which had been distributed to the men just before they left the south coast of England. John Mills campaigned in France, Belgium, Holland and Germany. Indeed, his unit was close to the Belsen camp when it was liberated. Naturally, he and his comrades provided spare clothing and blankets for the liberated prisoners. John Mills was demobilized in 1946, was married in Fitzroy Avenue Church, and he is still a member of this congregation. Indeed, he is here this morning with his medals, as always on Remembrance Sunday. Ian Fraser became an elder in Fitzroy Avenue Church and held several senior medical appointments, including the presidency of the British Medical Association, He was awarded a knighthood by the Queen in 1963 
and had received decorations from France, Belgium, and Holland. He died only 10 years ago, and I'm sure many of you will remember him. Rosemary Nelson became a school teacher and taught in Tokmona Primary School. She and her husband joined Fitzroy Avenue Church in 1968. Rosemary, who read the scripture so beautifully for us this morning, remains a faithful and active member of this congregation, especially with the PW group. British Armed Forces, as June Pat has already mentioned, have been involved in many military campaigns since the end of the Second World War. Some, like Aden, Kenya, and Malaysia, were against guerrilla movements, whilst others, Korea, Suez, the South Atlantic, Iraq, were battlefield war zones. The British Army has also been part of peacekeeping forces in the former Yugoslavia and Sierra Leone. In 1919, British servicemen were in action in Afghanistan. Ninety years later, our troops are back in Afghanistan. Three short stories. Ranger Andrew Allen, a 19-year-old member of the Royal Irish Regiment from Belfast. He lost both his legs and his eyesight in a Taliban roadside attack in July 2008. His first son was born in November 2008. Some of you may have seen the article about him on the BBC programme about um, military personnel being treated in civilian hospitals. I know I did. Robert McKibben from Westport, County Mayo. He died in Afghanistan on the 12th of November 2008, just under a year ago. The Royal Marines escorted his coffin through the packed streets of Westport. The town had come to a standstill as a mark of respect. In May 2009, the funeral took place in Belfast of Corporal Sean Binney, a 23-year-old from Dublin. He had married a local girl and had settled on the Ravenhill Road. His widow, Amanda, launched this year's poppy appeal in Belfast. On this Remembrance Sunday, as on all Remembrance Sundays, we remember men and women who have served and made sacrifices in times of war whether in the armed services or whether in civilian roles, whether at home or abroad, whether they survived or whether they paid the ultimate sacrifice. <laughs> 